0: Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome back to the H2B Podcast. This is episode 14, and if you're listening to this on the day it came out, today's July 18th. So, hope everybody had a good. uh, I guess this will be the second episode we're coming out with after Independence Day. So uh, we took a little break there, and then last week you heard that episode, and so here we are. Hope you guys are having a good one, and I got a good episode for you today. We got JT Finley of Maryville Jewelers, who's right across the street. Welcome. JT.
1: My pleasure, man. Happy to be here. Yeah.
0: Glad to have you. And uh, yeah, just remind you up front here this podcast is brought to you by H2B Creative. So uh, head on over to h2bcreative.com if you're looking to produce your own podcasts or you need any sort of marketing work or uh, anything like that done. So hit us up, go check us out. And if this is your first podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts at, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I got to quit. I think that's the first time I've nailed it. I keep calling it iTunes, <laughs> and uh, I think iTunes has been dead for nearly 10 years. I'm mean, your good luck John dude. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, wherever you get your podcasts at, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button, and it'll make sure you get all the latest episodes from us. And, uh, yeah, so like I said, we've got J.T. Fenley from Maryville Jewelers in here today talking to us a little bit about, I guess, just to lead off something uh, when I was trying to put together pre-production for this episode something I was really curious about is just how do you get started in the jewelry business
1: so actually my family is from Maryville Tennessee okay and I'm actually only one in my family was born here in Dalton I'm born and raised here so my older brother was born in Maryville when he was one years old one year old excuse me Uh, 1974 they my family moved here and my parents were working at Maryville Jewelers in Maryville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and they came here to run this one. There, At the time, there were six Maryville jewelers, um, an operation owned by the same four men, and my dad and mom came here. And then uh, sometime in 1975, Pat, the watchmaker, who ended up being my dad's business partner, eventually one of my business partners, they uh, came, started working together in 1975. They bought the store from the original four owners in the early to mid-80s, somewhere around 82 to 84. Uh, I came to work for them in 1998, uh, and I've been there ever since. And they all started retiring in 2012, so I started buying it outright in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it started for me, brother, just something to do and try to figure out what I was going to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, you know, school was done and didn't really know what I wanted to do. So dad said, just come work with me until you figure it out. I need yeah. some of my help. And in short time, my dad looked at me, he goes, look, you know, you can, you can do this if you want, you know, you kind of got the personality for it and whatnot. And I really had no intentions of staying, mm-hmm. but here we are 26 years later. Yeah. Uh, I'm still here. Well, and it seems to be a pretty solid, pretty
0: solid racket, as they might say. I yeah. Mean, it's a, I mean, you know, solid, it's, uh, it's
1: a mom and pop retail, uh, I think, which is the heartbeat of America in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. And, you know, retail's not for everybody. It's kind of an acquired taste like scotch is kind of how I <laughs> tell people retail's not for everybody. Um, and you know, I remember people asking me, what are you going to do when you buy it? I'm not changing nothing. Uh, yeah. I think my parents, along with Pat, did such a great job. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Just keep the same customer service. Keep your hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, try to treat your customers fair and always try to stay on top of the latest styles and trends. And number one thing is, is really is have something in all price ranges. Yeah. You know, somebody wants to come in and spend 50 bucks. We got it. Mm-hmm. Somebody wants to come in and spend Three to four months salary, mm-hmm. you know, we got it. So I think that's kind of the key. And how do you have not just one classification of customers? You want them We want them all. Everybody's potential customer. And yeah, I think yeah. That's one of the reasons how you do it. Number one, your customer service. Number two, your inventory.
0: Yeah. Plus, you have a legacy business here in Dalton. Like, yes, sir. If it
1: 1974. Yep. That'd be what? Nearly 50 years, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. We're, we're coming up on 50 years. So, yeah. you know, haven't really started planning that 50-year celebration because I, I'm really one of those guys that takes it one week at a time. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't get too big for your britches and get up and go to work is kind of my my motto. I say it's my motto. I got that from my parents because that's what yeah. they did, right? Um, but eventually I'm going to start planning that 50-year yeah. uh, celebration. God
0: willing, everything keeps going well and we're still here. Yeah, yeah. No, that's some 50 years, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah and the great thing that.
1: about Dalton uh, is there's a lot of mom and pop businesses here mm-hmm. that's been here for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. I think that's killer. That's one thing that I think unique about our town is we have some businesses, some mom and pop businesses that have done such a good job. They're still in business. I mean, you got something back here, in the 1920s here, right here in downtown that's wow. still rocking and rolling. So I think that's great. We're happy, we're happy to be a part of it. That's insane. Like I noticed,
0: uh, I mentioned this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, there's still like a film development, yes. spot down here. Yeah, that absolutely, blew my mind, yeah.
1: <laughs> and right around the corner here, there's a a, a a flower shop. They've been in business since the 1920s wow i think it's great you know same
0: family with them uh,
1: i believe so i have the same family but people's been working yeah. there you know same thing with us we got employees at our store that's been there since the early 80s it's still there wow. you know i've been there 26 years and i'm the low man i've been there the least you know <laughs> uh, and yeah with the, the flower shop around here i think some of the workers that own it now have been there since they were teenagers mm-hmm. too so there you go that's one thing about our town that you kind of got to brag about yeah no i love downtown
0: dalton the fact that uh I don't know, you can meander around downtown here and there's not like a bunch of chain restaurants and right. Like I I don't know, that's what I like,
1: but I do too. Sandwich shops, meat and threes. Yeah. Uh, and I will say in the last, you know, I've been downtown 26 years and what I've seen in the last call it 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. is amazing downtown. Just growth wise. Oh, yes, it, yeah. what's happening, getting a younger generation back involved downtown. Yeah. Like you said, getting some more restaurants. Um, you know, Jefferson's opened up recently. I think that's gonna help. But like you said, that's really the only kind of chain. Other than that, it's all mom and pop, too. It's all customer service and make sure you have a good product. And that's what they do. Yeah.
0: Well, like I frequent this little coffee shop around here. The uh, perfect cup. Perfect cup. I love it. Like almost every
1: day. And uh, yeah, it's just. It's a gym. I mean, it yeah. really is. It's yeah. amazing, too. And friends of mine who are from here, but maybe, you know, live out of town when they come home. They're going to, I'm going to go to the coffee shop and start the morning. they'll come by and see you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. They're in town visiting their family or whatnot. Yeah. They'll, they'll hit perfect cup. And then they'll come in and visit me at that cup of coffee. And I'm like, Hey, you better bring me one. If <laughs> yeah, One that's better coffee than Starbucks or yeah, any of those places. Yeah. Like, and you know, the people yeah. who are making it yeah. you know, on
0: a first name basis when you go yeah. in there. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just a good little business. Like another, good food too.
1: Another positive about downtown Dalton.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, uh, I guess a little bit about some of the community involvement you guys are. Involved <laughs> yeah. So
1: years ago, um, gosh, over 20 years now, I guess I got involved with big brothers and big sisters. I'm still involved, not nearly as much as I would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can remember my dad telling me my, actually, my dad was involved in big brothers and big sisters. He was a big back in the eighties. Um, And I got involved nearly 20, over 20 years ago, I guess. Lord, if I sit and think about it. Yeah, it is over 20 years ago. I got involved, uh, did the buddy program, and I was matched with a young kid. He was five years old. I was in my early 20s. Uh, once he got old enough, we rolled right into the uh, Big and Little program, which is one-on-one mentoring, mm-hmm. which I think is great. About Big Brothers and Big Sisters, it's the only one in town that does one-on-one mentoring, especially with the youth. And we were matched, and we were together. We were still buddies. Matter of fact, we were supposed to have lunch yesterday, mm-hmm. but uh, something came up, and he got work. He got a little busy at work. He's working with a, a plumber outfit now. But uh, I was with him from the time he was five, and, you know, went through all his junior highs and high school days and, you know, taught him how to drive, taught him how to shave, taught him how to drive a car. And mm. um, knew was his, his grandmother and great grandmother very well. And that kind of led to other, you know, got involved in United Way, um, ran that campaign a couple of years back, which was great. Learned more about United Way, learned so much more about all the other agencies in town that mm. offer all these great um, products and such. So that's one thing that I've really enjoyed. And I remember my dad telling me years ago, you know, as we all start retiring and the store becomes yours, you're not going to be able to do that as much because you can't live the store as much. And he was right. So mm-hmm. in the last, you know, so 2012, 2013, it's been harder for me to do those type of things uh, because, you know, we lost 50-something years of experience when I mm-hmm. all started retiring. Right. And, and fortunately, business has been good, very good in the last couple of years. Um, so therefore I'm not being able to leave the store as much and do those things, but eventually I will get back into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, once stuff, as I know, uh, uh, eventually it'll start slowing back down getting our regular routines. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I'll, I'm gonna try to get back out there and get involved more back into community stuff. Cause that's one, that's one thing I'm passionate about.
0: That has to be super rewarding to like, it is. I have a kid from five years old that you've mentored and. Now they're an adult. And,
1: it's wild, uh, man, because you go all the highs and lows with them. Yeah. Know, I was there with him through family funerals. I mm-hmm. was there with him when his you know, first high school girlfriend broke his heart, you know, mm-hmm. little things like that. Uh, but, yes, as far as the highs, he was the first one in his family to graduate high school. Wow. He got a high school diploma, and I think, you know, that's – that's to me. It's a tribute to big brothers and big sisters. Yeah, that's what they do, yeah. right? And now he's working hard, staying out of trouble. He's a good citizen, doing well, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited and proud of for him.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That has to be super rewarding. It is. It's yeah. very,
1: very nice. And like the phone call I got. I'm driving my family to vacation. He called. Hey, what you doing? What's going on, man? How's the family? You know, because Lord, my son is 12. Um, my, my big, my little brother Logan. He was graduating. He was already out of high school when my son was born. So I kind of felt like when my son was born, just getting a little older, I've kind of been through this a little yeah, bit, yeah. you know, I mean, not, not one that I had to raise every day, but I was with yeah. him on a weekly basis and he kind of prepared me for yeah. being a father. Yeah. Which,
0: yeah, I'm assume can be kind of wild for the first
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yes, it is, brother. It is. I have a 12 year old and a three year old and it is, we stay busy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, uh, you said you've been here since 1974 and you took over in 1998.
1: No, I went to work in 1998. Okay. I started buying them out in 2012. 2012. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So, and they, your parents have just retired from it. And my dad plays happily. golf,
1: and my mom works in her yard. And, Tough life. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, they they deserve it. You know all those years of retail, but yeah. And Pat, the watchmaker, who was also uh, one of our partners, he 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 has got a farm he lives on. He mm-hmm. works on the farm and likes to ride his motorcycle. So, you know, I am their retirement plan. Yeah, right. You know, I'm the yeah. one writing in those monthly checks, paying them off. Uh, but they they were good to me, and i hope I'm trying to be good to them. But it's cool because one of the things I love about my job. We've been in business so long, you know, we're, we're, we're now waiting on second and third generation customers. Mm-hmm. And what I love uh, on a random date, you never know what's going to happen. I'm waiting on somebody and they'll be like, now, are you the son of, mm. I said, yeah, I'm the son. Well, let me tell you, your mom and dad sold me my first ring. And when I got out of high school in 1987 and your dad worked with me or your mom let me make payments on it or whatnot. And I love hearing stories like mm-hmm. that. You know, it's one of those that makes me feel proud to still be in the family business after all these years mm-hmm. that people still remember, Hey, yeah, uh, your dad was so good to me. Your, your mom helped me pick out the perfect ring for my fiance. And mm-hmm. she still works this day. That's the kind of stuff I think that there again, that I love, but also is special about having your mom and pop retail store mm-hmm. with the second generation and you're dealing with second and third generation customers. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine too, if um,
0: I don't know, just being a mom and pop shop and local You get to know these customers. So, you know, you sell an engagement ring to somebody and then they come back in, maybe wanting to get, I don't know, a bracelet or a necklace or something like that. You kind of get to know those people's tastes. So you're able to more tailor the experience. Like, well, check out
1: this, you know. know. Yeah, absolutely. And what's great about it is, you know, the key is look, you got to make a living, right? But then again, you don't have to price gouge. Mm -hmm. So we have always said we're going to charge enough where we can pay our bills, keep our doors open feed our families, mm-hmm. but yet not charge you so much we run you off. I'm not going back there. They charge me too much. Mm-hmm. So that's the key. You know, you create a customer. Don't just make a sale and think, all right, I'm done. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You get to know their names. Uh, like you just said, you kind of get to know the styles they like, and you give them a good enough price where they come back and see you for Christmas, for anniversaries, for birthdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what happens is, like I said the second, third generation, now all right, now they kids or graduated college and they might be living in Florida or living in Texas, living in North Carolina, but all of a sudden they find someone they want to be with. They come all the way back to Dalton to buy, mm-hmm. right? Because they know, well, home hey, my, my parents always yeah, yeah. traded with y'all and I've seen y'all on TV Christmas commercials every year. Yeah. For, uh, so I know of y'all and I know we can trust y'all because my parents trust y'all. Yeah, That's one thing I've, uh, I've really uh, had the pleasure of seeing in the last, in my last, let's call it 10 to 12 years is that's exactly we get a lot of phone calls from out of town. Hey, I'm living in so and so, but I'm from Dalton. Mm-hmm. I went to school at Dalton or Northwest or Murray County, or whatnot. And my we're always hearing Maribel Jewelers. So yeah. my my girlfriend, it's time for a ring, so I'm gonna come see you. Yeah, and a lot of times, brother, we do it all through texts and emails because they're yeah. out of town. Yeah, you know, they'll t- text me or email me and say, "This is what we're looking for. Can you find it?" I get it in for them, show it to them, price it, and either A, they'll drive in or fly in to pick it up, or B, I'll FedEx it to them. Yeah, uh, and that's the that's the beauty of I guess technology today, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess
0: it's pretty neat too. If you've got like, I don't know, if you had somebody's grandma that had passed away, and you had a guy that's like, no, I want to put my granny's diamonds into my fiance's ring or my to be fiance's ring. But granny got her ring from you all. I imagine that's pretty easy to just like, okay, yeah, we we built yeah. this ring and like whatever. That's yeah. a great
1: question because matter of fact, we're, I'm doing that right now yeah. for a guy that it's his grandmother's ring that was bought at Maryville in the late 70s. And he is now using it uh, for his engagement ring. We're setting it right now for him. So we basically took the diamond out of that mounting. He picked out another mounting. We're setting it in that mounting. Matter of fact, he's gonna pick it up tomorrow. So yeah, that happens uh you gotta go quite no. a bit. No. <laughs> oh no, I'm good, brother. I'm good. It's my day off. <laughs> but it's good. That's one thing I like there again, one thing I like about, you know, there gets a family piece and we're keeping that stone in the yeah. family and just putting it into a, a newer, a little more modern mounting. Or sometimes, brother, they'll bring the whole ring in and it's got that nice, beautiful, antique look that is still popular today. Yeah. All we'll do is size it, clean it, retip the prongs get it back to what we call everyday wear ready and out the door it goes Yeah, for the next generation to wear.
0: Yeah. Which the word for that, that wear and tear, is that patina?
1: It could be. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it can be. You know, I recently
0: learned that word and I liked it. People
1: don't realize, but, you know, jewelry gets everyday wear and tear like the tires on your car, like the clothes you wear. Over time, you got to start you know, put a little love and tender yeah. back in there. In other words, you got to start putting a little more money back into it yeah, yeah. to thicken the shank, to, to get those prongs back to back to what we call everyday wear ready. I know I keep saying that, but we use it a lot at work. Yeah. But uh, that's what you do. You know, you, every now and then you got to put new tires on your car. Yeah. Right. Every now and then you got to buy like this shirt. I love it when it goes out and buy one just like it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what you got to do with your jewelry, whether it be a ring or a bracelet, you know. You still got to put a little money into it so you can wear it and enjoy it and make sure the clasp is operating, make sure the prongs are holding the stones in. And we do all that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a full service jewelry store. We have an in house watchmaker, in house jeweler. We do engraving, we do appraisals. Um, and most of the stuff we do does not leave our shop. Very few times we'll have to send something out. Uh, There's some jewelers in Atlanta that we work with. Who do what we call the harder jobs? That you know, jewelers like mechanics. Sometimes mm-hmm. they can fix it, sometimes they can't. And when my jeweler can't, who he's very good, by the way, but when he can't, we send it to Atlanta. And those jewelers, if they can't do it, nobody can do yeah. it. Yeah, we should turn it back to him and say it can't be done. Yeah. What would? Uh, I mean,
0: you don't have to get in trade secrets or anything if you don't want to. But what would be a a hard.
1: Like it really depends. on. look, hey, there's a mounting called invisible set yeah. Okay, where the diamonds in the mounting, there's no prongs. They're all pressure point on each other. Mm. A lot of times it's going to be like princess cut stones they'll use in there. And if one of those comes out, it's almost impossible to reset it because you almost got to take that whole row of diamonds out. Well, that usually has to go to some jewelers in Atlanta who have special equipment and highly mm. trained for that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, usually it's about it. And sometimes there's some stones that don't take heat very well. Mm. Opals don't take heat very well. Emeralds don't take heat very well. So, therefore, my jeweler is like, hey, they're going to have to use the laser on this because it won't take heat. And we'll send it to Atlanta because they have guys and girls that can use the laser and they know what they're doing. Usually, it costs a little bit more like anything else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there again, if it's a special family piece, yeah. you know, hey, I'm going to pay I'm going to pay the 150 or $200 yeah, to yeah. get it fixed because I want to keep it in my family. And that's what we do. I guess it's just a dumb way to ask this because I don't know a better
0: way to ask it. But are you guys using, I guess, the equivalent of like tiny welding machines? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: Yeah, the jewelers have a torch back there. Yeah. You will when you come in our store. You will smell something burning often. When the like just burn. tiny little MIG welders. Yep, and he's got the gas tank right here. He's got the torch. Got the foot pedal. Got the glasses and the goggles. My jeweler will come out some days, and his face is just black from just, just, just the soot and all that. Yeah, his hands are black. These guys, these these jewelers and watchmakers, man, it's not easy what they do. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. It's really a kind of a dying art. Mm-hmm. Jewelry repair and watch repair. The younger generation is not getting involved in it. It's more of an older generation. I'm fortunate. Our jeweler uh, is my age. I'm 45. He's 45. His father was a buyer back in the 70s and 80s for Zales uh, Jewelers in Indiana. So he and he's got what three, two brothers and two sisters. At one point, they were all in the jewelry business. Today, he and two of his brothers are still bench jewelers. They actually do all the repairs. They set stones. They solder chains, they size your rings. Um, And I'm very fortunate to have somebody at such a early age to have all these years of experience Mm -hmm. because he started doing it right out of high school. He literally was behind the bench at 18 years old. That's all he's ever done. Um, So these guys and these girls who are very good at watch repair, jewelry repair, they're, like I said, it's a dying art. The prices are starting to go up because Mm. these people are realizing they can charge a little bit more because they're going to say, well, who are you going to send it to? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, So we've kind of been pushing. You know, i talked to some of the people at Dalton High School, talked to some people at Northwest High School, you know, tell some of these kids that aren't sure what they want to do. Look at going to Joy Repair School. Watch Repair School. There's there's schools in Alabama. There's schools in Florida that teach Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, a lot, a lot of the schools are up in the New York uh, area, but there are schools here in the South that will teach jewelry, repair and watch repair, teach you basic. Mm -hmm. And then what you do is you go get a job at a jewelry store who may have already a jeweler watchmaker, and you can go and kind of learn from them Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, And that's what this gentleman did. You know, he, he started the basics, but uh, I say this gentleman, the guy who's working for us, um, he started with the basics, but now I'm telling you, man, I've been doing this, like I said, 26 years. He is one of the best we've had. Even my uh, dad, like I said, who did it for almost 50 years, mm. he even said he's one of the best we've we've had. He's a talented guy.
0: No, that's amazing. I imagine, especially if you're a high school kid that likes to tinker, yes, that would be the perfect
1: job for yeah. you. Watch your pair, enjoy your yeah. pair. And if you're a high school kid, that doesn't want to go to college. I was one of yeah. those. I did not want to go to college. Yeah. Well, then go learn this trade because if you stick with it long enough, you're going to make a nice living. Mm-hmm. And that's what these, all these watchmakers enjoy your pair people. Like I said, if they're good at it, they're making a a, a fine living. and mm-hmm. I imagine jewelry and
0: watchmaking, especially today when you've got these smart smartwatches, I hate them. Um, I hate them because you'll be talking to I somebody. I like your watch. That's old school right there. Just a uh, old classic Timex. You can't beat it. And, uh, but these new smartwatches, you'll be sitting with somebody or at dinner with somebody. And I know they've just gotten a notification, but they'll keep looking at their ones. It's like, you got somewhere to be. <laughs> am I boring like, you? Yeah. yeah. Like, am I, I wasting your time? Right here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I hate these smartwatches, but I love like just an old fashioned watch. And like, yeah, this is just a $30 Timex. But I imagine like jewelry and like good watches and things like that. You can't make
1: those on an assembly line. Right? No. You, hey, there are watchmakers out there who actually create and make their own watches. Like, literally, they make every part that goes in it. Now, that's the people who were off the chain. talented. Yeah. I mean, they may, it may take them a full year to make one watch. Wow. But when they sell that watch, it sells for a lot of money. Yeah. So, that's the kind of people, ah, gosh, here in the States, you know, I don't really want to, I don't even know who can do that here in the States. I know over in Europe and stuff like that, there's people that's all they've done mm-hmm. all their lives. It's passed down generation. Mm-hmm. That's One thing they don't have here is that passed down through generation uh, of watch making, uh, mm. watch repair, yes, but watch making that's a whole other story. But you're right, going back to what you said about that there's kids who like to tinker, watch repair, enjoy repair is right up your alley. And we've, like I said, we've tried to put that word out there, uh, but so far uh, we haven't really seen any influx of the younger generation get mm-hmm. involved.
0: I would imagine go find the kids that like to mess with Legos.
1: Yes. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. 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 The robots, The kids, the kids like the robots yeah. and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. The kids that are messing with Legos and Roblox and Minecraft and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's your future watchmakers right there. They can make a lot of money one day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, it's just, that's one of those things like, uh, I shouldn't have went to college, but I did, but I didn't want to go. And there are so many things like watchmaking and jewelry making and things that was not presented to me. And I was a kid that liked to tinker. So that would have been a perfect avenue And I ended up working in media. So it's like. Well, it's worked out for you. Yeah, it's worked out. But it's like, I still like to tinker. I'll build stuff and whatnot. And that would have been a great avenue. So for other kids out there that may not know what they want to do, like that is a very, very good avenue for them Yeah, and a lot of
1: the guys and girls that come out of the military end up getting in watch repair and jewelry repair. Because whether they, like our watch repairman, he um, he was a Navy guy. My dad's an old Navy guy. My dad was Brownwater Navy. Pat the watchmaker, he was on aircraft carrier he was working with ordnance. So he was working with Yeah. Little. So when he got out, he wanted to work with his hands. And uh, that's kind of how he slowly got into watch repair. Uh, dad, how he got involved, he came home. My dad's a Vietnam veteran, came home from Vietnam. And uh, one, of him, his, one of his buddies were kind of hanging out. And he goes, hey, I saw where one of the jewelry stores down the street has a sign, help wanted. Well, my dad beat him to it. Went down there and interviewed for the job and got the job. And that's... He had, uh, he has had and still has the personality to sell, to get on the floor and work it and talk to customers and all that. And it just, it just was, it was a natural uh, thing for him to be on the floor talking to people. So that's when they realized, hey, man, we want you to go to Dalton and manage this store for us. We got this one covered, but now we bought one in Dalton. Would you go manage it? And that's how it started for him.
0: Huh. That's so neat, man. Like that is legitimately like you just wouldn't think of that behind a that sort of history behind a jewelry store. Yeah, and think yeah. about
1: think about him. Would he, he would ever have guessed when he went and interviewed for that job mm-hmm. that he would move two hours away from his mm-hmm. family and create a you know, a, a legacy, create mm-hmm. a store that's still rocking and rolling that now his son is which is me, of course, which mm-hmm. is rolling and it's still been in business in the same location. We've been right there since nineteen seventy four, same location, never moved. Um we, of course, we've updated our store a couple of times since then, mm-hmm. but you know, Lord, some of the same, some of the same tools and equipment that they use in the late seventies are still in our store. We're still using, it. I mean, for <laughs> well, real. I imagine that wouldn't change no, a whole lot. No, yeah. I mean, we kind of operate, it's, it's, it's funny I'm bringing this up, we operate like it's the eighties. Like we don't really have a lot of computer stuff, all of ours is yeah. still on paper. And what's so funny, we'll, we'll be on a phone to manufacture manufacturer. Well, do me a favor and just run this and see him. how, like, dude, we don't have anything to do with that. We use our hands and paper and i write it down what I need and, you know, I'll email you or whatever. But, I mean, you don't have like this or that, whatever, edge system or this, where you just yeah. barcode scan. I was like, no, bro, <laughs> this is a, I didn't grow up learning that kind of stuff. You know, I missed that in school. Yeah. I didn't have computer classes in school. I took typing for crying yeah, out loud, yeah. right? You know, in the early nineties, when I was coming out of school, computers weren't really a big deal just yet. Yeah. Right. Especially, well, not for me. I didn't never see a computer. Uh, maybe for maybe they kept me on those computer classes for a reason. <laughs> but I, we're we're kind of old school. We our our tools we use are kind of old school. The way that we uh, deal with manufacturers is kind of old school. But none of that matters. It's really how you deal with your customers. You know, mm. and, and that's that is something that I don't care how computer generated you are. If you don't have people skills, if you're not nice, if you're not patient then I don't care how technologically sound you are. You ain't going to make it. In yeah. our business. Retail is all about relationships. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do. Well, we're approaching the end of our
0: time here, but uh, before we go out, I was curious, what's something that the average person that's not in the industry, what's something about running a jewelry store or the jewelry business or the watchmaking business that the average person may not realize? I would
1: say probably the toughest part that they probably don't understand because they'll come in and say, hey, do you guys have so-and-so, so-and-so? Ah, no, I don't have one right now. Ah, what they don't realize is that's the toughest part of my job mm. is buying. Mm. Knowing what to buy, knowing how much to buy. Don't put myself in too much debt, but mm. yet you got to have merchandise to sell it. you mm. got to have pretty jewelry in your showcases. you got to have stuff in all price ranges. If there was one thing that I think would shock people uh, or surprise them, I guess is the word, is probably is how tough it is to buy. Because when manufacturers come through, our sales reps come through and open up these beautiful uh, showcase briefcases with all this jewelry, you want to buy it all. Mm-hmm. It's all beautiful, right? But you realize, okay, I have a budget. I can spend X amount of dollars with you because mm-hmm. you're going to give me you know, 90 days to pay it off, 60 days to pay it off, or maybe even 120 days to pay it off. Well, I got to be careful what I buy. Mm-hmm. Be it, oh, I like this, but I like that, I like this. Oh, I think so-and-so might like this. Or I can see this age group really liking mm-hmm. this piece, you know. And don't get me wrong, the salespeople will kind of help you along. Hey, I've been doing well with this line, or this line here has been doing well. But our town's a little different, right? Mm-hmm. Every town's different. What's selling well in, you know, Knoxville, Tennessee, may not yeah. be selling well in Dalton, Georgia. Mm-hmm. What's selling well in, you know, Savannah, Georgia, may not be selling well in North Georgia. So you got to kind of keep up with the styles and trends. I mean, when I go out to eat with my family, when I'm doing anything, I will notice what everybody's wearing, especially the ladies, what they're mm-hmm. wearing and say, Hey, do I carry something like that? Do I carry something like that? You know, I, I will look at all age groups, you know, but this, this is something I think, you know, high school moms and dads can buy their high school kids. You know, I think mm-hmm. their daughters and sons like right now, silver rope chains for high school guys, they're buying them up, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. They're wearing them again. When I was in the early 90s, I was we wore. We, we yeah, I remember right? those from the nineties. Absolutely. Yeah. They've made a comeback over the last five <laughs> or six years. Um, so that's the thing I think would probably if I was to answer that question, I'd say the buying aspect of it. Just how challenging and difficult it could be. Yeah. Do you sell
0: the Jinkos over there as well?
1: I do not. No? no. Okay. De- definitely, definitely know the name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, don't sell the jinkos. But, you know, my, my thing is right now, over the last couple of years, brother, it's been bridal, 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 yeah. bridal, bridal. A lot of people getting engaged. Um, I
0: imagine with the, the old Rona coming around in 2020, I feel, which this is just my own personal experience. But I was going to ask you about this, but I guess you just kind of answered it. But with Rona, I feel like a bunch of people were getting engaged. Oh, brother. And I, so I, you've got the
1: raw data for that. So I've been, like I said, 26 years. Yeah. The last... Almost three years now, I've never seen anything like it. Bridal sales. Not just me. I have. I keep up with other jewelry store owners. Mm-hmm. and We kind of share notes. Hey, h- how you seeing this come and whatnot? We're all saying the same thing. Everybody's saying it. Everybody in the jewelry industry is saying it. Bridal sales over the past three years haven't just gone up. They've skyrocketed. Wow. And they're still staying yeah. busy. I mean, our phones are still ringing. Hey, do you guys have any one-carat round solitaires? Mm-hmm. Hey, do you guys carry Gabriel? Hey, I was on your website, and y'all still have peace number so-and-so, so-and-so. Mm. So, yes, bridal sales are through the roof. I mean, this this week alone, my man, I've probably waited on six to seven different people coming in looking at bridal, or people coming in, hey, this is our 30th anniversary. I'm going to get our new new bridal ring. So, it's it's still rocking. Yeah. Yeah. By Good far. Good to see
0: that love's alive. We need it, brother. <laughs> yeah. We need it. And <laughs> today's day and age, but... uh Yeah, thanks for coming by, JT. Enjoyed every minute of it. And uh, yeah, this is JT Finley from Maryville Jewelers. He's right across the street from H2B here in Dalton, Georgia. Go check him out. Come check us out if you want to produce some podcasts and things like that. And uh, again, thanks for coming by. And we will uh, see you guys next time.